Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. My name uh, is Jesse Jameson, as you know, and I'm the host, but I'm also an executive producer here at Voice America. And one of my favorite shows is a show that I produce called Get Wisdom with Brian and Carl. And Carl is uh, the guest for today's show. Carl is from Chicago, and the name of Carl's uh, story today that he's going to be sharing is called, Is God Gone for Good? So before I hand the uh, mic over to Carl, let me tell you what my thoughts are on God. I'm, I'm a Christian. I uh, believe that uh, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I know that uh, many of us in this country, being a Judeo-Christian country, uh, kind of follow the same tenets that I do. Um, but if we were to describe God, well, let me describe God, so to speak, and I'll do it in a not-so-serious way. God uh, gives us life. God has given us this planet to enjoy that life on, and he's made us goal-oriented being so we're a little bit different than the animals not that the animals aren't loved and important to god because i believe they are but i believe that we're at a little bit higher of a level but uh if i had to entertain my atheistic friends or my agnostic friends i would have to say that god doesn't necessarily show himself to us god doesn't necessarily give us things um and if i had to really describe god it would be kind of like I do my dad. God's kind of a, a deadbeat father. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean that in a horrible way. I think it's just that he gave us free will and he wants us to do with it what we are. But Carl, would, is it wrong for me to say God's kind of a, a deadbeat father? I mean, he's never around. He doesn't really give us any money or any direction in life. He kind of leaves it all to us. The floor is yours. Okay, well, this is the central dilemma of humanity, that we are literally disconnected from the divine, from our point of view. That's why faith is critical. If you don't have faith, you're on your own, because God is in the background. It's a subtle voice, a subtle force. So... Let me try to start from the big picture. I always like to do that because, you know, we dive in and we all have a different history and set of beliefs. The deadbeat dad is waiting for us to say hello, waiting for us to act on the divine inspiration that's sent at least to believers, but maybe not to non-believers. That is the consequence of free will. There's no other choice. You're either in or you're out. And, of course, some people are on the fence, so they might be in sometimes and out sometimes. So here's some wisdom about this issue. This is from channeling Mary Magdalene. If, if you don't know her, you can look her up in the, in the Bible. But <laughs> I channel all sorts of beings in the light, historical figures and and uh, former scientists and uh, all sorts of, of folks. And I did a channeling with Mary Magdalene, and she, 
she comments on this issue. Now, Carl, who is Mary Magdalene for the folks at home that might not know? Well, she was someone who was present during the life of Jesus Christ and was a dear friend and was a counselor, and she was one of the disciples. She was an actual disciple of Jesus. And, of course, there's a long story, and we, I, I don't want to get into that because it would take some time, but this is what she says about belief. If you want the love of creator as a partner in your life, you must believe. Otherwise, creator must stand back and allow your choice to be on your own and to live alone. So it's first of all a choice. If you're thinking about God, but you don't do anything to reach out and invite a participation, God stays away. It's really that simple. This is what God says directly about this issue. This is the dilemma of many non-believers. It is not that their world is perfect, that they reject the possibility of the divine. Often it is because of the suffering. And this is the greatest argument they bring forth in defense of their perspective. How can God exist and allow such suffering to occur? We would simply say, this is a human's choice to suffer, not a divine one. It is as well a consequence of human choices that suffering has occurred. The very possibility of suffering is due to the absence of divine alignment. A state of divine perfection is a state of divine love in its ultimate expression of bliss beyond measure. Being in that state precludes every kind of suffering. The fact that humans are not in divine alignment is not proof God does not exist. It is proof God is not being fully expressed through them at the moment and how they are living their life in the way they think and feel. That is a problem for human to solve in a world of free will. That's God talking. So, Carl, let me ask you a question, or, or let's, let's, let's delve a little deeper into this. I, I believe that in eternal life through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, from your point of view, are we eternal? And meaning, do we go forward forever, even after death? And you could even take it another step. Have we always been around since the actual beginning? We just maybe get that part wiped out when we come down to earth. I'll let you answer. Sure. This is a subject of great fascination and all through history. It's one of the big questions that comes up again and again from the big thinkers, the philosophers. The answer is very simple. What the Bible says about the soul is literally correct. We have, each of us, an eternal soul. We're here for the long term. We, we do not die. Nothing can touch us. Nothing can end that because we're literally, in actuality, a part of the divine. This, isn't, this is difficult for people to, to accept, and even religious folks, because we've been conditioned through our religion 
to feel diminished, to feel like weaklings. We're supplicants always. We're bowing. We're kneeling. We're praying for help and rescue because our lives are, our lives are difficult. We are actuality in our makeup, an extension of divine consciousness. God created, created us to be a part of itself, but yet free roaming and an independent agent, sending back information in life experience. So it's sort of like we're little remote portions that can wander about, just like the cells in our body. Some of them are stuck in an organ and tissue, and we have blood cells, white blood cells that wander about the body looking for trouble and often raising alarms if there's something bad going on. Well, that's like us in our world, which is a troubled place. We're sending back alarms all the time to the divine. We're always heard. So we were created, most of us, long, long ago. In fact, what they call old souls were here before the creation of our universe in its current form. There have been previous universes created that have come and gone for various reasons. So this is a long, long journey that we've been on. And so what we do with all that time, because human life is so short, we spend a lot of it in the light with God, with creator, as I call it. I like being a little more generic. You know, the Muslim folks like Allah and even the spiritual people who want something fresher, something new and different. They don't like the G word either because it reminds them of some of the old biblical um, fire and brimstone things that they don't believe in and so on. And it get triggered. So I use the word creator, but that's what I mean. I mean, I'm talking about the one, <laughs> the one almighty God. No, so and, I, and some, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you keeping it generic so that we don't turn off our Muslim listeners or, or people of other faiths. Uh, like for example, even the, the Jewish people, they believe in Yahweh. Well, they don't necessarily believe in Jesus. Right. So, yes. so, so let me take my first thought to you a little further. If we are eternal, then all of a sudden the thing that's holding a lot of people away from the faith that they might've even grown up with is this question of why do good things happen to bad people? Now, I firmly believe that many of those bad things happen because we give all people free will. So if somebody chooses to beat you up, bully you, kill you, rape you, whatever the case may be, that's something they're choosing to do with their free will. That's not necessarily something God's choosing to do to you as some sort of punishment. And I want to take this in a fun way because I, I think every time people listen to these shows, they can take it really seriously, but I still think they could still have some fun and entertainment value out of it. So let me give you a, a fun question, Carl. Let's say you and I and everybody in the world was in heaven with the creator right now, okay? Based on what we know of heaven, there is no pain, there is no suffering, right? So. Yes. In that way, wouldn't we kind of want to know and experience what pain and suffering feels like just out of curiosity? And isn't Earth that perfect little place where we can experience those things? Because the only thing that heaven is lacking is pain and misery, according to the stories, right? Or according to our knowledge of it. 
So I guess my question to you is, is pain and suffering, especially if we consider that it's only temporary because we're only in this skin temporarily, right? And in heaven, we don't even know if we're necessarily in the skin or not, right? So, So in a weird way, pain and suffering might be something that we might have wanted to experience. Is that crazy or, or what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, that's a very perceptive commentary and expectation and a projection. Bliss is boring. <laughs> if it was nonstop, I think it would be, right? That, if you, if you that, never right. knew what, so if God said, oh, thank goodness you don't know what pain and suffering is, well, after billions and billions of years or however time is coordinated in heaven, you might want to experience it just out of curiosity. And if, and if there are no flesh in heaven, you know, you might want to come to a place like earth where you can experience what flesh feels like. Well, it makes life a little more exciting, you know, a little more challenging. And this is exactly what was set in motion in most of the universe. Consequences happen Immediately, if you stray from the straight and narrow, you'll get a karmic payback. You'll get smacked in some way. Something will come to remind you, oops, you're not being divine. We have a special environment. Actually, it's, it's the Milky Way galaxy where we've been given this free will to be on our own and make our own choices and live without immediate consequences. So what happens is karma is delayed in our little local area. So we can do things that are outrageous. We can even hurt one another and eventually karma will catch up to us, but it might not even be until another lifetime. And we do come back. And that was the other thing I was going to add that, we reincarnate again and again and again. And that explains a lot about what goes on here and why, because the people coming back are connecting to their prior karma and they're inheriting this mountain of backlog, um, unhealed trauma. And it's, it's a considerable liability. So we get, we're getting more than we bargained for coming to this place. Carl, when someone's constantly experiencing bad luck and strife in their life and they say the words, I must be cursed, are you kind of saying that based on past karma from previous lifetimes, that that might be a very true statement? They might actually be cursed and experiencing the repercussions of that negative karma in this lifetime? Well, this can literally be true because curses are a real energy because of the power of consciousness. There are ancestral curses that are commonplace. Most people have some ancestral curses still running because people used to curse one another all the time. They still do it, but they used to do it really in a serious way. So the idea of lives in the past affecting us now is the number one dynamic explaining the common experiencing of having anxiety. You know, the, this, the, the philosophers and the psychologists have this concept called angst, A-N-G-S-T. This is the sort of background anxiety that's universal. What that is. Now, wait a minute, Carl. Why did you call it angst and everybody else calls it angst? Well, I'm, I'm part foreign, I guess. <laughs> it's, 
I, I can't help my cultural influences. <laughs> but what's going on is a deep part of the mind can connect to a kind of repository of all that's happened. It's called the Akashic Records. And it sees the self in these other lives. And it starts worrying about them because they might come again. And sometimes they do. That karmic pattern will repeat. So when I do healing work with clients, I see this all the time. They're back with perpetrators from the past as family members again to work on a problem that never got fixed. And they're back in the drama where they hate one another. They don't get along. There's strife. And the same is true of physical illness, that it can come back again and again and have a series of lifetimes where you die young, for example. And so this is part of the learning in a land of negativity. When you're in divine alignment, nothing can touch you. It's being out of alignment that's the problem. And that's the world we're in right now, big time, because of the secular movement primarily where people aren't praying anymore and they're not working to, to make the world better with a partnership with God. Carl, keep that thought on the tip of your tongue. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Carl. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Thanks 
for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And we're back. So, Carl, some people get turned off whenever they talk about religion or God or belief systems in general. It's just not their cup of tea. They would rather, you know, look for puppy and kitten videos on YouTube. But I actually find it fascinating. Um, Before we went on break, you were kind of talking about how some people come back and they die young. I was always told growing up that only the good die young. It was like a Billy Joel song, but I think there's something to that. When you die young, you don't really have a lot of time to commit sin or atrocities against your fellow man. Is there, in the, in the words of how you were talking about previous karma from previous life and curses, is there a little cleanliness that comes from dying young and not really being able to hurt too many people? I'll, I'll, I'll leave the mic to you now. Well, it, it's not a cleanliness that happens, but it could be a karmic payback. In other words, if in another life you hurt someone and it shortened their life, you have a karmic debt to restore that because you took away some balance, some um, power and capability from someone else. The law of karma will take note and eventually it will come back around to you to make a restitution. So let, let me give you a quick example that comes to mind about this. We had a tragedy in the area uh, a few years back with a woman taking her three young children to Bible camp. And they were broadsided by a truck and all of them were killed. And so I did a channeling and talked to creator about this and asked about the reasons why this happened. Because here's like a perfect illustration of what you're saying. You know, these young, innocent kids, they haven't really sinned. They've hardly experienced life. And here's this nice young mom, and they're, off, they're heading to Bible camp, for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you think they'd be under a little divine protection, maybe? Because, because they're, try- they're trying to do the right thing with their yes, lives. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, but they get creamed. They get smashed. And this is what Creator told me. All three of them in prior lives died young. And I'm sure there were reasons why, but that set a karmic pattern in motion for them to have this experience again, unless they could heal the cause of that dynamic. Now they're back in life. They're being tested. They're they're launching forth into the fray. Karma connects to them and does its thing. And it set them up and saw an opportunity here. All four of them are together. Dad's not there, just mom who has the issue. And all three of those kids who have the issue, they're all together. They're vulnerable. There is a truck with someone who's, I don't know what his issue was, but he didn't foresee this in time. And he lived, he survived. And has the karmic burden now of feeling responsible for the deaths of those people. That's another story. Carl, but- can, I, can I ask you a little bit about that? If I was that guy 
because I'm a natural, I have Catholic guilt. If I treat somebody poorly, I actually feel poorly for treating them poorly. That's just the way my soul and my brain and my heart work. And it works backwards and forwards. So sometimes I'm even thinking about bad stuff I did 20 years ago, and I still feel bad about it. So let me ask you this. Is there any solace for the guy that actually accidentally kills people in that manner? Well, this is where forgiveness comes in and the power of forgiveness. One of the hardest things is forgiving the self. And that's, I think, what you're wrestling with. But if you have a partnership with the divine, it will help you come to terms with it. There are formal ways to resolve a trauma of that sort that just preys on you and weighs on your mind. And you can't help but thinking about it. maybe you have nightmares even about it if it's, if it's severe enough. <clears throat> but again, it, it falls on our shoulders in part and actually the largest part to fix things like this. This is where wisdom comes in and the need for wisdom and divine guidance and divine wisdom in knowing how to heal things. This is the journey I've been on, and, it, and it's, it's very complicated. But again, getting back to the issue of belief and forming that partnership you're going to need, this is another quote from Creator. It is not God who moves away from you. It is you who may move away from God. Life drives a wedge in between everyone and between every person and the Almighty. This is the dilemma of being in the dark, being disconnected, and unaware of the unity of souls. All right, so let's unpack this. It's not God who moves away from you. It's you who move away from God. So would you describe having regrets about maybe something you did that you thought, you know, you blew it. You had a sort of a chance to be a good guy and you faltered. That's you moving away from the divine path, the divine alignment. And in that doing, you are essentially stepping away from the divine. But there's always a way back. And that's the thing to keep in mind. That's the thing to focus on. You can reconnect because God is all forgiving. And the idea of a judgmental, punishing God is disinformation. I swear to God, it's true. <laughs> Carl, and let me let me ask you this, because I'm going to have friends after this that, that listen to my shows, and sometimes they throw their input my way, and they're going to say, tell us a little bit more about this guy named Carl. He came across as, 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 a, as a different apple, so to speak. And, and, and so I'm going to ask you for everybody to, to hear your answer. <laughs> Carl, did you always feel this way? Because I can't imagine you talking this way when you're 5, 10, 15 years old. When did, when did this kind of epiphany kind of hit? And, and when did you realize that you have this ability to communicate uh, at a higher level than maybe the rest of us? Well, it's a long story, but the, the essence is I had to build my faith almost from scratch. I grew up in a, a, a family of believers. My dad was a Christian minister, in fact. But I came to doubt. And it was my love of science that became one of those wedges between me and faith. Because science professed to have all the answers. You know, I was a young upstart, you know, and 
what the Bible talks about is so abstruse and it's vague and it's it's moldy and old and and not very um, applicable to a young kid thinking about their life and their you know the rough and tumble of going to school and getting bullied and all those things and so. I had to I had to find another path, and I I chose science, and I became pretty secular for many 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 years. I had a whole career as a scientist, and when I retired, I was always interested in the paranormal, and interested in helping people still, and I started looking at what I thought was a gap in coverage, which was dealing with the deep mind, the subconscious, and people. And I came across some folks who were using hypnosis to really help resolve trauma. And so I studied that and became a hypnotist and started working with clients and so on. And then the issue of past lives came up because hypnotists often do past life regression work with people and so on. And I would see all these phenomena like people having a near-death experience. That's quite a challenge to science. When someone reports having floated out of their body, when they were clinically dead and wandering down the hall and seeing their relatives in the waiting area in tears and remembers their conversations. And there's no way to explain that scientifically. So I started nosing into it. And that led me to using the tool of hypnosis to put myself in a meditative state. And one day I went to a workshop where they were doing a remote spirit releasement training and I found out I could intuitively connect to people with my mind, scan them, and see if they were carrying any kind of a darkness and so on. And moreover, I was taught how to channel the dark spirits in people so they could talk through me and allow a conversation to help get them back to the light and not plaguing the living. And... So that's where it started. And ultimately, I started from there to reach out to archangels and talk with archangels and channel them and eventually moved up to creator of all that is, which is what I'm doing now. So this seems wildly improbable. But if you think about this, doesn't it make some sense that there ought to be a way to talk to the Almighty? If there's a purpose behind creation, why would the creator make beings like us with thoughts and feelings and creativity and never be able to talk to them? The fact the average person is not talking to God and getting an answer is they have been corrupted. And this is a long story, too, but we've been altered. Our DNA has been altered. When humans were first created, we talked to God all day long in our minds. And that was the power that Jesus had, for example, because he had God as a spirit guide directly and was talking to the father, if you will, back and forth directly with clarity. I have the gift of being able to do that through channeling. 
So that's but, a that's a state you have to get into. So it's yes. a, it's a temporary state. So let me ask you this because I find this kind of fascinating. If we did have daily conversations with God where he actually spoke constantly, would that kind of affect free will? Because it would be hard to sin if you just had a conversation with the with the big guy upstairs, right? Well, see, this is this is the reason God stays in the background and doesn't try to overcome the gap, which God could. So the creator could signal us in any number of ways, dramatically, you know, skywriting, you know, hello, here I am. And, right. you know, some profound thought or real realization no one would think of in the human, you know, level. Um, so, but the reason that doesn't happen is because of free will. So we've got this defect that makes it especially hard. But the reason we have the defect is why we're here. It was created by a force of evil. We were created to solve the problem of evil. We're the boots on the ground because there needs to be a force within the physical realm championing the cause and bringing it about. Otherwise, if if the creator takes care of it, then there's no role for the physical beings. You know, it, it's just like, well, you might as well not even exist because creator is going to see to everything working out and whatever. So you don't really have any, any real challenges if you're backstopped constantly. It's the same in life. You know, if, if mom takes care of everything and daddy pays the bills and so on, you, you, you never can grow and never really blossom and be a full person. Carl, when people do have those near-death experiences that you mentioned a couple minutes ago, I find those fascinating too because sometimes they can see objects that they shouldn't have been able to see. For example, they might know that the doctor had his hat behind him on the countertop, right? They're out like this under anesthesia and maybe even their heart has stopped. How can they see these things, right? But almost to a T, I've also heard that many of them will see relatives that have already moved, that have already passed away. Um, and they'll have a sense of like warmth or like, like they're not fearful at all. And in many times when they do come back to their body, they end up kind of having a transformation where they do go from maybe a, a state of a non-believer to a full-blown believer. Can you, can you touch a little bit on that, how it transforms people when they have these near-death experiences? I think the best way to understand that is they've had a reminder and a direct demonstration that they are literally a part of the divine because they connect to it while they're in their little out-of-body excursion. And that's why those sorts of encounters are commonplace, even by non-believers. They experience being with another presence who can talk to them and they sense and know the thoughts and and it's inspiring and uplifting. It has a divine character to it. And it's, it's the same idea that when we come down, we start from scratch, baby in the womb, and we're cut off from our past. We're blind to who we've been, where we've come from, really, in this long history. And that's the disconnect. So when you're out of body, it's your pure consciousness that's the same level of consciousness that can go out anywhere and also connect with the divine realm. It's called 
intuition. It's called psychic ability, extrasensory perception. I prefer the scientific term non-local consciousness because our consciousness actually can reach everywhere and anything. That's why it's non-local. It's present everywhere at once. This is hard to get your mind around. But physics knows this too, that there's some aspect of the universe that acts this way. The quantum realm acts this way, where you can have this spooky action at a distance. And it's a quantum phenomenon. But we don't know anything about consciousness yet scientifically. But that's, that's what's being experienced. It's pure consciousness out and about. And it's free roaming. You know, I have a lot of friends that um, are atheists or, or they don't really, you know, say that they're atheists as much as they just say they don't really think about God too much and they don't necessarily believe anything in the Bible. Um, maybe they're agnostic because they don't necessarily know what's out there, but they don't necessarily, you know, focus their life on religion and stuff. And I always think to myself that the only thing that the atheist person is really missing out on because they get to experience everything else that a believer does is that when friends and family do pass on, I feel like the atheist is kind of stuck in a spot where, you know, all they can think about is that person just being gone forever. Whereas a believer, we kind of have that eternal hope of, of knowing that, you know, we will see those loved ones again. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back to car with Carl again, I'm going to ask him what his thoughts are on dreams. Cause I know a lot of people are into dream interpretation. So we'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the voice America talk radio network, the leader in live and on demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing, and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career, as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In business, many leaders have a great vision but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. 
And now, back to Jesse Jameson and friends. Carl, we're back, and I know we're having a lot of fun because I can't believe we've already flown through two segments, and I'm hoping that the listeners are, are enjoying it as much as, as I am, at least, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. Carl, um, many of us uh, haven't experienced a near-death experience, and I'm happy for that because I'd imagine there's a lot of trauma there, right? But almost all of us have experienced some vivid dreams, whether it's, you know, we're flying or we're, or we're visiting friends and family, and they're always so bizarre, and half the times, 10 minutes after we wake up, we kind of forget them. Is there any uh, point to dreams? Is dreams a way of the subconscious speaking to us, or is it actually a way of, of God or, or some other being kind of communicating with us uh, to give us, you know, maybe foresight on something? Well, it's all of the above, and it depends on the individual, their orientation, what they want to have happen, and what is an agenda for them going on in the world around them, the law of karma working on them, and so on. So let me touch on a few aspects here that are interesting and thought-provoking. There is a lot of internal healing that goes on. And I think, you know, that's probably as important as anything. We have all this trauma. One of the things we do is we process it in our dreams. And sometimes we can affect a healing. It has to have the right sequence of events and the right perspective applied. And that's a challenge for the deep subconscious, which does the dreaming. It doesn't our conscious mind. It's another level of the mind that does it. Most people need help from someone outside themselves to really heal trauma. But that's, that's a big part of why we replay things and re-experience things. But many times, it's a kind of uh, perseveration. It's an agonizing over it and a reliving of it that doesn't help but hurts. It makes it worse. You know, this is just when you're obsessed by something or you're feeling profound guilt or you have profound fear that something is going to happen, the sky is going to fall, and you think about it, think about it, think about it. And what you're doing is you're adding negative energy to that issue, and it will get worse for you because you'll be in torment and it's self-created. So some of that's going on. You are also approached in the night by divine figures if there is a high purpose for it, and it's something you are open to. You must allow a conversation from the divine. And so this is where non-believers can lose out because they'll lose the chance to get guidance. And guidance can be extremely valuable, extremely valuable in ways you'd never expect. Another thing that happens is you could have what is called a dream visitation from a loved one who has passed previously, but comes from the light to be with you. It might be an answer to a prayer. That's often the reason. People have a yearning. They miss their loved one. If they're enough in divine alignment, there can be an interchange with the divine level. There may be someone who comes in the dream state because that's the part of the mind the divine can talk to. That's why I have to channel in the right state of consciousness to talk to creator. It's my non-local consciousness I'm engaging, that level of the mind that survives death. 
<clears throat> it's that special part. And it's the universal language of souls, this non-local consciousness. So your loved one can send their consciousness down to talk to your consciousness and create a dream around it. And about 60% of people will have a dream visitation at some point. And the way to tell is it's really vivid and seems sometimes even larger than life. And if the person wakes up with a memory of the dream, and not always does that happen, they'll be wowed because, you know, they'll think, wow, that was, that was amazing. That was really powerful. And that's, that's kind of the hallmark of a dream visitation. You can certainly dream about loved ones out of love and yearning and, and nostalgia and so on. <clears throat> so there's a lot that happens during the night. Your deep subconscious is on duty 24-7. There are interlopers as well that mess with us on our deep subconscious level. They do this 24-7 as well. So they can interfere and create dreams. They can stir up your old karma to make you suffer. They can program you with dark beliefs. So this, I know this is getting wilder and wilder, but there's a reason for all the negativity in the world. And that's because we're fighting evil here. It's literally true. Speaking and it's actually our agenda. Speaking of true, are there any background characters in life? Are there any people out there that are actually just part of a simulation or does everybody have a soul? Everybody have thoughts. I, I feel like I have a soul and thoughts. I, I feel like you do because you're able to articulate on certain aspects that a, that a person or a being goes through. But, you know, there are some people out there that think we are in a giant simulation. And with a giant simulation, I would imagine there's background characters that just kind of appear to be real or appear to be true. Speaking of getting wild, what, what are your thoughts on, on maybe, you know, the idea that we might be in assimilation? Well, there are many phenomena like that and many paradigms people come up with that are actually intuitively accurate to a certain extent. And they're sensing there's something odd. There's something bizarre that's going on. There's something strange an aspect of existence that is intriguing, but also a little disturbing and so on. And they're actually tapping into a reality, but sometimes misinterpreting a bit and putting their own spin on it or a logical explanation when it's really more fantastic and it wouldn't occur to them. So they see the outlines, but they don't know. It's like the ancient peoples, you know, if a modern ship sailed into their harbor, you know, what would they make of that? ocean liner, you know, they wouldn't have words, you know, and it would be a unique experience. So there are all kinds of beings, forms of consciousness around us. First of all, the universe, the world, our physical being is real. It is not a simulation. It is not something in a kind of a matrix that is a fantasy. It's not some plaything of gods that created this like a video game and we're just sort of like the players, you know, wandering around on the screen and doing things. It is literally life that is actual and physical, tangible. The idea of a simulation 
speaks to some of the other problems that there are other dimensions. There are other dimensional beings that come and go. They can mess with us. Some do. There are other life forms who are here messing with us, both physical extraterrestrials and dark spirits. The Bible is correct on the latter, that there was a falling out of an angelic cohort and they've been cut off from the divine and they live as parasites. They have to attach to a living person to get energy to survive. And they have consciousness and they mess with our thoughts and they try to darken us because it creates emotion and they get that as energy to use as fuel. So there are also robotic beings who are extraterrestrial that are commonly encountered. Those are the ones doing abductions and so on. But it's not a simulation. It is a reality. And it's, it's widespread and it's going on relentlessly and it's large scale and it's a form of evil. And it's a part of what we're here to repair and help humanity survive. The people who are involved with kind of the own, their own physical lives and not thinking about the big picture are really on the sidelines. And not only are they clueless, but their lives are not going to count for much because they came in actually to do light work. That's why everyone is here. Most don't know it because no one tells you this. You know, we're all in the, we wake up in the dark as little babies and then we have to learn from everyone else. So we're, we're constantly having to relearn the reality of life and the, the, some of the details. And we've got meager tools for the most part, you know, with the 2,000-year-old scriptures as a handbook. You know, it doesn't really cover it in enough detail. So that's kind of my perspective about all of that. And there's, there's I don't want to get into too much of the detail because then I'm pointing fingers and, you know, acting as a naysayer and that sort of thing. And I, I don't like doing that. But what I would say to people is, if you think something is a simulation, why would you embrace it? Why would you interact with it? And if you think your life is a simulation and not worth living, um, you're selling yourself short. Because so, I can tell you, creator thinks more of you than you do then. So you're, you're really special. All of you are special. So let me ask you this, based on those scriptures from 2000 years ago that you brought up, a lot of us Christians are under the, pro the promise that, you know, our Lord and Savior is going to return. The title of our, of the story today is, is God gone for good? Your argument, it sounds like, is that he never left. He's always here, yet he's always in the background. So it just kind of comes across like he's not here. You've got about five minutes. What, what are your, what are your final closing thoughts? Well, what I'm told is that it is literally the truth that God is within. You have creator within you constantly. Everything you think is heard by creator. Everything. Everything you do is seen by creator. But creator will not interfere or even make itself known to you because that would be some kind of interference. Like you were saying earlier, you know, ooh, 
I've got creator looking over my shoulder, you know, I I better rethink this. And and creator doesn't want that. Creator wants you to be spontaneous. It would destroy the idea of free will. And it would, and it would also destroy the idea of faith because a a portion of faith is believing in in what you don't see, but you know, is true. Right. And if all, if all of a sudden God literally just appeared you know who needs faith? Then you 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 see them. You know, so so I, I firmly believe that there is kind of a a, a reason uh, to the plan, so to speak. Yes, yes. The, the 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 big story here is that we were created to solve the problem of evil. So we collectively and individually are going to do a further mission that was started by the great prophets by Jesus Christ, by Muhammad, and other spiritual leaders who have come through the ages. It's going to be a collective enterprise because it's going to take a large aggregate of human thought and desire to to create enough momentum, to bring in enough divine intervention to turn things around. The idea that Jesus is going to come back and just take care of this is a beautiful idea. It's a beautiful picture, but it's also, if you think about it, disempowering because then there's no role for you. Is there, there's nothing you have to do. You're just going to wait for the rapture and, you know, and meanwhile, look at the world. Is it really getting better or is it in some ways getting worse? That's the risk that's present always There are plans afoot by the darkness to make things worse. Look at this pandemic. This isn't God's doing. It's not a natural organism. This is created to do what it's doing and to wreak havoc. This is a solvable problem, and Creator can take care of it. But Creator needs us to ask for that and to work towards it and be involved enough and intelligent enough to make it happen with an outreach to partner with creator. So this is the path we're on. We have a choice to stand aside or to join with creator. And you can do it in your own mind. You don't have to show up anywhere or join an organization. You don't have to be on the front lines, even identifying yourself as somebody wanting a betterment of the world through divine means. Do it in your mind, but then you'll be making your vote known. And building belief is important because if your belief is weak, you'll have less of a vote. This is, again, the burden on our shoulders, the free will burden of having to learn what it is we need. And Jesus is there, too, cheering us on, wanting this to happen. And so the idea of there's going to be a second coming is really a little misunderstood. It's through us by that example of what Christ did. This is what we need to be doing, carrying the message of faith forward, encouraging others to believe and living as a testament to divine principle and it is an example to others. If everyone did that, the world would be perfect, would it not? It would. And Carl, I know right now 
Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to give a question to my listeners uh, in the audience. You know, do you dislike when a show that you really enjoy or a movie you really love comes to an end? Because unfortunately, Jesse Jameson and Friends has physically come to an end. But the cool thing is, is this story doesn't have to end. Carl, you have a show with Brian called Get Wisdom. What day does it air and on what channel on Voice America does it air? It's on the Empowerment Channel. It's on Fridays. It's at noon in Central Time in the U.S. So you can do the math with your own time zone. But we have a topic each week, and it's largely the word of creator because I read channelings from a list of questions on the topic of the day, and it gives you direct information from the divine, which is a blessing. We're piercing the veil. And what's the name of your website? And are you looking for anybody that that might be able to join forces with you and Brian and, and help you going forward? We need as many people as possible to come to getwisdom.com and join as a participant, which is free. We have supporters who pay a monthly fee and they're, they're able to get webinars as created, attend them live and so on. There's some perks, but everyone can get our information. We have a database of 3,500 pages of channeled wisdom on all kinds of questions. You can submit a question to have creator answer. This is what people have said they wanted all through history to know you, what's on God's mind. And you can and you can get a little piece of that by going to getwisdom.com. Carl, Jesse Jameson and friends, we want to thank you for, for coming on and I'd love to have you on again in the future. Did you have fun? Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. And really I hope every it. I hope everybody listening had fun too. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.